0: There's no right or wrong, there's no good or bad, there's no positive or negative, there's only the definition that each individual chooses to put on something. Curiosity allows them to question, and I think when you look at ultimate curiosity, it is the ability to see both sides of something.
1: Try this bad boy, you are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone. A certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation.
2: (gasps) I can see who is in the house. I'm bringing you straight up, Help us out, man. (laughs) Mr. Mike is in the house.
0: Happy birthday to you.
2: Oh, thank you, my friend. Thank you. And thank you for sharing it with me.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to be here.
2: Yeah. So we have had a interesting morning. We've had some technical issues, we did have a big screen, we did have it all looking good and it was much easier to be watching from and now we've got the camera up there but you down here. So, um, And where it was you <laughs> in the
3: normal bigness that you come with, now we're feeling your bigness but we're only seeing that's not right.
2: <laughs> and we have had a forever changing table, we actually celebrated today, so we did a live recording of that we're also celebrating today of course the one percent movement launch and so we are getting people on we just had someone that we don't know she's just joined the wall sharing about her one percent shift and we are starting to get the word out there and of course we're celebrating the big 5 today as well <laughs> yeah So happening. So, what is happening in your world right now?
0: Ah, it's good. We went on a little trip to a place called Mean, and And we we had a big Airbnb that we rented. And then we got there and unpacked, and then the place smelled like mildew and mold.
4: Ah. So then we
0: packed back up. And got at a Dodge and then went to a hotel in Maine. And then my wife and myself and the dog. And then we went to New Hampshire for a couple of days. And then we went to Connecticut for a couple of days. And then we got back today about two o'clock.
4: Wow. It's a
0: little reset. A couple of things to catch up on. And then I think we'll hit the road. Maybe the weekend we'll hit the road for another week or so. And
2: wow. yeah. Well, is this part of the new life design, being on the road a little bit more?
0: Yeah, we've wanted to do it for a long time. And, you know, the one RV we got was kind of, it had recalls. It was a nightmare. Now we got this like real compact, it's like a real compact RV. It's like a regular size van, but it has a little kitchen and it's got a cool little bathroom in it and stuff. It's real convenient to drive and yeah, so I think we got our our mojo dialed in and, you know, we figured it out. Like, go to a, pick a place, pick a hotel, then decide where you want to go from there. And that's kind of how we roll. So, yeah, it was a good little test run out of it, you know?
2: <laughs> I love nice. that. Hey, tell me, why is doing your 1% and, because uh, I know you do about 5 million percent, but let's just start at 1%. Why is your 1% so important to be doing that and living your life to the design that you really know you're born to do and be.
0: Yeah, you know, when I look, and, and I'm honored to be here for the 1%, especially with the time that we spent together talking about mm-hmm. it, watching it, you know, <laughs> uh, manifest Evolved. to this yeah. and evolve is just awesome. You know, I think the people that see themselves at 1%, they actually got to a hundred percent soul connection, which makes them the 1% cause 99% of the people don't even understand that there's a big soul piece to play. So when I look at the 1% and it's no different for me than any of you and anybody else that's got there, like, and a friend of mine said, you know, you're born perfectly fine. And then life has a way through the journey to make you unfine in mm-hmm. hope to getting back to fine, which fine is the 1%, right? And when you're mm-hmm. fine, you no longer are trying to satisfy someone else's feelings, someone else's emotions, someone else's world. You're so at peace with yourself. And that's mm-hmm. what really, you know, when I say, Living life by design, it's living life by your soul's design. Your soul wants you to be completely free. It doesn't your soul doesn't understand chaos, it doesn't understand friction, mm-hmm. it doesn't understand resistance, it doesn't understand judgment, it doesn't understand all of those things. And I think that's what brings people to being a one percenter in their world, you know?
2: Mm. So tell me, what kind of mindset would we need to be a one percenter, in your view, in your thinking?
0: Yeah. yeah, I think you might've heard me say this before. I don't think it's about mindset at all. I think mm-hmm. mindset is actually a word that people were taught to keep them stuck because the word set alone means like, if you pour concrete in your mind, it sets. You don't want a mindset, you want mind growth. I believe one percenters are people that are mine growth. It's funny. I just, right before I got on here, my son, he texted me. He's like, Hey, you want to work out? I'm like, yeah, but we got to do a 30 minute one. And I was telling him, uh, when my wife and I were away, we were getting a burger at a place. My son just got this like tribal nose ring thing. And but at this burger place, this person had this nose ring. And I, so I asked the person at the counter, I'm like, Hey, like, what's the significant of it? And they were like, you know, this person was probably in their 20s. They're like, it's a nose ring. And I was like, okay, (laughs) curious. And then my son was just telling me in the workout, he's like, don't ask anybody about their nose ring. I said, I'm curious. And Mm. I said to him, I said, you know, curious has created this magnificent world for me, a world of no judgment. And I still work on that. Yeah. But curious allows me to look at all sides of a piece instead of looking and saying someone has a you know a tattoo or a nose ring or this. I'm curious, like what got you there? What does that mean to you? What's the significance? What's the milestone? So I believe that's the next part of that is just being you know completely curious in your in your life and having mind growth through curiosity. Because if you look at it, Kier Marie, like when you were born. You actually grew by being curious. You didn't sit mm-hmm. there and go, oh, I don't like the way that thing looks. So I'm never going to ask what it is. And it's the sky. You were curious. And like probably to the annoying point of children <laughs> to be like, why is the grass green? And why is the sky blue, right? And I so, reckon you
2: and I would have been the most annoying kids ever.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure I was for sure. Because I wanted to know about everything and even today i want to know everything about about everyone i want to know like what keeps one person suffering and the other person to be a one percenter what keeps one person thinking they can't accomplish anything and one person thinking they could spin the earth it's a Mm -hmm. fascinating world when you sit in that space so
2: what does make that person think that way or not
0: the ability to, to really start to question things, right? When I started to, somebody said to me one time, they said, whose thought is that? And I started to say to myself, huh, that's my mom's thought. And then they said, well, is that thought true? And you guys know the story. I'm sure you heard it. You know, the story of the, you know, the person on the holiday cooks the ham and they cut the ends off the ham. You guys know that story? Yes. Mm-hmm. I was
1: outside. And I heard a voice. Yeah.
0: Taki Taki tells that story. I've heard him tell. Hey Taki, nice to see you. Hey, Love to see you. So I think when it comes down to it, it's like that story of cutting the ends off the ham. Like people sit there, and they don't ever want to question. They just have the assumption of truth, right? Mm-hmm. So if somebody says you should feel crazy because diesel. We're going to run out of diesel or inflation, (laughs) and you choose to believe that as truth, then you you stay stuck in this little world of complication. I think the people that question it and say, why is it true? And does it have to be true for me? Like, does your reality have to be my reality? You know, when we had it in the US in 2008, we had a recession. They said it was the closest thing to a Great Depression. And it didn't affect me at all from one phrase. And I had a pretty big company at that time. I probably had 110 employees. I was probably doing 15 million plus at that time. And I just told the employees and myself, I said, I'm just not willing to participate in what they believe is true. Like it does not have to be our truth because it's the news truth. So that's that's how I live today. Like if they say like, hey, we're just a a ball floating in space. Well, I'm gonna question like, well, how many spaces are there, right? And what is the real limitation of a human? I mean, we've conditioned ourselves to think we're helpless. We can't heal ourselves. We can't, I mean, look at the things you've done, Kira Marie. You've, you've broken odds and all there. If you believe the truth of what everybody told you, well, you wouldn't even be here right now. You wouldn't be doing a movement right now. So the point about what you're doing, what I love is maybe... This is the ignition. Maybe this is the spark for someone to go, hang on. Mm. Maybe it's not about becoming a one percenter. Maybe I already am. I'm just not showing the world it.
2: Yeah. So good. Yeah.
0: What is it bringing up for you, Sam?
3: Well, I just, I just really like that. And, and just going back to just because it's not your truth doesn't mean that there is some truth Mm. because there was a recession. The data showed that there was a recession mm-hmm. just as it's showing that, you know, we're heading into that way again, but it's what do we choose to make our truth? Because we do mm-hmm. have the choice to decide what truth we, you know, we want to believe and live out. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's, yeah. What about, yeah, you, yeah? about this? Do you think, so recession is a word, right? Yeah. And it's how you choose to define the word for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, So, what if every single one of us woke up tomorrow and said there is no recession? What if everybody said that we're not going to live that way? What if everybody said we will still buy products, we will still sell products, we will? Then there would be there would be no, by the definition terms. Mm -hmm. I think people Mm -hmm. put it for me. It's the greatest opportunity in history. It it the next decades, the greatest opportunity that probably our generation or a lot of generations listening here will have in the rest of our lifetime will be the next decade. Now, the rest of the people are thinking, you know, the next decade could be the darkest days of ever. I'd never, darkness is just absence of light. Put enough light on it, there ain't no more darkness. So so just think, (laughs) one percenters are people that are expanding light and the more we expand it, the more the darkness goes away. And then darkness can't exist. You don't need darkness to sleep. You could just put dark glasses on if you, like. Right? You, don't, you don't need darkness, you know?
2: Well, you could just wear a mask like Taffy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've been wearing that mask, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh
2: <my God. laughs> Jen, what does it bring up for you? Wow, this is a great So by the way, Mike, this is Jen. She's from right. Austin.
0: Hi, Jen.
4: And where are you from?
0: I'm in New Jersey. New
4: Jersey. and you don't even say it. Joysy. Like <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, New Jersey.
4: All right. Well, it's a pleasure to meet you. And I love the discussion that I walked in on, you know, talking about you, talking about the whole being curious, you know, and how you know, it keeps us out of that judgment seat. Yeah. That's that we good. can stay in that curiosity seat in life. And it makes life so much more rewarding and rich and fun. And then, You know, your comments about what really came up around that is that we do have power of choice. One of our greatest gifts in life is that we have the ability to choose and no one can take that away from us. You know, Dr. Victor Frankl, I love, Man's Search for Meaning. And, you know, if he could make it through this horrific concentration camp, he he faced things that such atrocities that most of us can't even imagine. And yet he held on to his power of choice. Yeah. And you talking about that, you know, about the recession. I was there too. I was in the States as well. And, you know, just the the mindsets of coming together and what, like, I want a boss like you. Oh, wait, <laughs> I am a boss like you. Hold on. <laughs> but it's that, you know, that's the kind of leadership, the one percenters, the Kiri Maurice that I want to... Join forces with and live and do life together with, Mm. you know, we have a choice about it and, and our thought patterns and, and how we choose to show up in this world, which I choose to show up well. Mm. You do. You do.
2: Mm.
4: That would be my brand, show up well. So I had to put that in there somewhere.
2: Mm. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Mike, what do you, I think one of the things that I love about you and your thinking and we really relate on is we are not afraid to go anywhere to do anything if that's what we're meant to do mm-hmm. and be. And I know that this is something that you and I have spoken about many times of it makes it hard sometimes in the rooms because, you know, we get frustrated because we have to either, and it's not speak down. It's not that at all. It's yeah. just speak at a different level. Speak to that because I think that there is this whole thing that many want to understand what we are talking about when we talk at this level and what we're and how we think like that but it's really hard to bridge that gap from where people are at. And I think about that even in a basic way with the 1%. And we've talked about this earlier in the room, Sam, and that is that it's really hard for some people even to think about committing to their 1%, let alone owning it and then doing something with it. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, It's interesting because I've spoken to so many people over so many decades and, you know, I don't like to look at it as difficult, but it is different to communicate with them because in order to get them to understand something, you, I notice I have to teach a framing of it. It's like I have to sit here and share like, Hey, let's look at where you're at. Let's look at how you got there. And if there was a possibility of somewhere else you wanted to be versus where you were, it's like people say this, um, I would ask people, if you could go back in time and change anything, what would you change? And people are programmed, I wouldn't change anything at all. I go, really? Is that a true answer or a programmed answer? That sounds like a program like you want people to think like, oh, I enjoyed getting beat up or bullied or, you know, any homeless or any of the things. No, no, no. If I could rewound time, shit, I would have changed a whole bunch of stuff. And I would have been just fine changing it. So I think when you talk to people, you have to meet them where they're at. But there's, there's a slightly different understanding of the brain and the energy, right? So you have to meet them at their thinking. But the higher level vibration, you don't have to you're meeting them at an equal level of yourself because there's no lesser, right? Like energy is not created or destroyed. It's only transformed. So now what I do is I step in a space and say to myself, well, first, how can I create an environment of transforming energy? And then how can I frame it with an understanding that is simplistic enough for them to see it but advanced enough for them to want to step into a new area. It's like everybody knows the quote, like uh, Sun Tzu, right? Like the journey of a thousand miles starts mm-hmm. with the first step. I think that was completely wrong. What if the first step's off a cliff? The journey <laughs> of a thousand miles starts with planning the first step. Now, I wish I could go back in time and have a conversation with him and communicate that he might've been off about that first step. Because Mm -hmm. how people do you know that, you know, they're trying to they're trying the best to get a piece of information. Not everybody in the world is sharing the best information. And then they're taking the wrong step like, hey, give up everything you have and go for your dream. Okay, you might starve along that journey. Like, You Mm -hmm. don't quit your job and go for your dream. You You transition from one thing to another. And then Mm -hmm. this way you don't have to get punched in the face so hard along the way.
3: Hmm, I've always taken a really different perspective to that quote, and you, by the look on your face, you're like, "Oh, here she goes." We know it. <laughs> but to me, the first step is just making the decision that you're going to do something different. To me, that is the first step, and maybe the next step after that is coming up with a strategy. I don't see it as the step is necessarily just without a plan, just going. So that's it's. And we were talking about perspective before. It's really interesting hearing. Other people's perspectives and going, huh, I never thought about it like that before.
0: Yeah. And is it moving forward in a step or is it really just evaluating a thought? Like, I don't know, is that a step if you reevaluate? Because one thing to that me, I-,
3: I was saying to me, that first step is maybe even making the decision that you were going to do something differently or a change or committing that you're going to change direction. Yeah. That, that was my version of a step, not necessarily like a an a forward movement in an action, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Action. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah.
2: yeah. Did yeah, you I... see it too,
4: Jay? Yeah. Well, that was the first time I had ever heard that perspective, so of course I went into curiosity mode. Yeah. Like, that makes me curious because I do lean a little bit toward what you're saying in terms of. You know, if you don't generate any energy in any direction, you will stay stuck yeah, exactly yeah. where you are. So there has to be some sort of energetic motion and
3: what you're calling it a step. It yeah. was just, yeah, yeah. Just what I realized was that I had the, I guess, the story or the narrative that that was a step. And now I've heard mm-hmm. that someone else's perspective of a step is different. So mm-hmm. it is the curiosity.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And think think about energy and, and motion. Like nothing is ever still,
4: mm-hmm.
0: right? So, so everything is already in motion. It just may not be in the direction you choose, but like even <laughs> the pen is in, is moving in motion. It's just moving at a rate of speed that makes it into uh, appearing as a solid, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your take on this? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, come on. You are not scared to be in this conversation. (laughs) I don't know that I have. I don't know. I don't know where I sit with it, to be honest. And it's not that I'm drawn to either way. I just go, I don't know that there is a linear pathway to this. And I question whether there is even a linear pathway to it. And is it more about the variables that are thrown at you to which way would be the first step along this mm. way? And so I forever hold my peace on this because I'm like, mm, I don't know, because it's, it's if there's one thing I've learned about patterns and pathways is that it is easy for us to go, yes, this bit to this bit to this bit to this bit. But if you actually break down so much in life, It is never, ever like that. And there's things that get thrown, so it actually might be this bit that goes to that bit that then goes to that bit, that bit, that bit. And so without having tested this as a test and measure thing, I don't know that I have enough substantial data to actually back myself up either way on this. And I would probably go back to thinking that it's variables on that way, so I would you know, not necessarily go one way or the other. But do you know what I think is awesome about this? And I think that this is like
3: right the crux of how mm. this started was that you do need to be curious. That's the very first thing that Mike mm. said, you have to be curious. Yeah. By us now saying, well, this was my perspective, this was my perspective, now everyone that's listening to our conversation is now putting themselves into that going, Huh, oh, what do I believe? What was my perspective? Yeah, Mm. yeah. So I think that rather than just going, oh, yeah, yep, that's good, we've now opened up, well, hang on, we've all got these different perspectives on exactly the same thing and now people can bring in different perspectives, different conversations, different
2: viewpoints, and that's what this whole day and this Mm. whole movement is all about. Here's the interesting thing, Mike. What I've found interesting, even just, you know, starting this, like this is literally the official launch day, even though it's been, you know, like we've had conversations around it, it's been built up around it until today. What has been interesting about it is, I can tell you the first 50 people to put their name on the wall was getting like getting blood out of a stone. And the reason being is, when there is something new or different or we're unsure about because we don't have all the information, most people find it very, very hard to commit. One of the things that I love about you, me, those people in our world that have sort of play at this level of is that we are not afraid, even though we might not have the data, because we trust that intuition, whatever it is, we trust that you know we're both extremely strategic so we trust that we've got strategies to follow up on what we're saying and deliver on even if we don't have it proven. I think that's the most difficult thing when we're changing conversation or we're having these conversations that are different or we're needing to be curious and that means we need to navigate a different conversation Mm -hmm. and I don't know that that's very easy for many human beings because it's not how we're taught and it's definitely not this whole curiosity piece. We kind of know it as a cool word, but are we really that curious that we'll ask different questions? Are we that curious that we will shut up for a minute to listen to the other person? Are we curious enough right now to go, hey, it's not really working the way we've done it for 50 million years. Maybe we need to do it a bit different. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, with even curiosity, whether we even know how to be curious. Mm -hmm. Throwing it right back at
0: you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it could be curious could be defined differently for each person. Right? I mean, there's different depth of it. One person is curious, like, why haven't we solved cancer already? And one person's just curious why they didn't make a decision yet on what they're going to eat for dinner. So, you know,
4: I think it goes
0: back to there's, you know, there's no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. You know, there's no positive or negative. There's only the definition that each individual chooses to put on something curiosity allows them to question. And I think when you look at ultimate curiosity, it is the ability to see both sides of something. And this has taken me a lot to figure this out. And I, I will not tell you I had it for decades. It's it's probably <laughs> only a couple of years for me that I've been able to look at both sides, the upsides and the downsides of everything. And I believe that that is the definition of curiosity. When you could explore both sides of something. Now that's the part that gets challenging for people. Because if you tell them, hey, you know, your business fell apart. Tell me the upsides to it. Well, they sometimes struggle to see the upsides to it. But it's just like employees, right? Like I've had more more lawsuits, more people quit, more people do things. And when I look at the upsides, like if that didn't happen, I would have never built a $32 million business. I would have never built one of the largest coaching companies out there in the blue collar space. That only happened by being able to see the upsides equal to the downsides and making sure that there is neutral emotion to it. And I'm not living a emotionally charged life.
3: Hmm. Mm.
4: You know, it's interesting what came up when you were talking was that when it comes to curiosity, beneath it, there has to be interest. Like I have to, if I'm going to be curious about you, Mm -hmm. Kiri Marie, Mm -hmm. I at least have to be interested. And I think that's one of the things that these little things have done in the, you know, in the generations down is it's slowed down the connection, the interest of, Really, how are you? Mm. I really am curious. Like I really am. How interested you doing? How you get going? How <laughs> you <I get> going? <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm like, well, I'm going to the right and then to the left. I don't know how I'm going exactly, but um, you, know, just, you know, culture. But, but when you were talking, I thought, you know, what what drives me to be curious, mm. honestly, is love. Love is the bottom line of that. It's because I love, I don't know. It's it's love. I love you. I want to know about you. I'm I, I am interested in you, which causes the curiosity. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I think you you can't ever go wrong with sitting in a place of love. It's it's definitely one of the highest levels of grace connection that you can get.
4: Agreed.
2: It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. so how do you get people on board with something if it's the unknown and it's, you know, this is the whole future talk I'm talking about right now, Mike, when, you know, we've talked about this before and we love to think about the future we we build out knowing that this is not where we want to stay, this is where we want to go. And what I have learned is that not everyone thinks like that, not everyone yeah. plays like that. And I think because there's this thing called uncertainty, there's this mm. thing called, but well, in, in what I call the old story of the whole proven, like it's got to be proven first before I'll move into it. Mm. And, yes. you know, this whole 1% movement isn't a proven thing right now, right? Like we're not saying, hey, because of this is going to happen and everyone does their 1% shifts that this is, your whole world's going to change overnight. Like, we cannot say that. That is not what we're saying. But we're saying, hey, if I'm willing to do with what's in my hand right now, whatever that needs to look like, and Sam does that, Jan does that, Michelle does that. I love the fact that there's so many women around me right now. It's (laughs) kind of cool. This is kind of strange for me, having so many women in the house. I love it. You know, it's like, well, if we do that... Then, you know, this is going to help change what's happening across the globe because all of us are wanting to move that dial forward from problem to solution. And so we're doing that by us doing what's in our hand. I think what's hard about that and what I'm trying to understand, it's not hard for me to come on board with it. You know that I get excited about it. I can share my vision and those that know me well go, yeah, we'll be in on that vision. You know, like that is not. That's not where it's hard. What I'm trying to understand is those that don't think beyond today yet want something different. How do we bring them in on the conversation so that things like committing to your 1% isn't as hard as it seems to be for some people?
0: Yeah. I think when you talked about uncertainty, when you demonstrate certainty, it allows other people to explore if they want to live or follow that state of certain. I mean, how many people wake up in the morning and go, I want to follow as many uncertain people in life as I can. (laughs) It doesn't really happen. People wake up in the morning and they look for some form of certainty. Like, Hey, I could brush my teeth. That's certainty. I'm going to go on the internet and I'm searching for something of, certainty oh there's a puppy dog I like dogs so there's a sense of certainty there I believe when you create a movement you're creating a sense of certainty and when other people have a little taste of it or or they start to feel the momentum of certainty in themselves and yeah you can't guarantee a result for anybody but what you can guarantee is an environment of certainty Right? You can guarantee an environment of certainty. You can guarantee certainty talk. You can guarantee a certain vibration of energy. You can guarantee a certain level of conversations. And that becomes the super magnet for people to join a movement is because they want to find a home where they're, they're no longer, it's like a place where all the unicorns can come and hang out. No one makes fun when it's all unicorns in the room. There's no one to make fun of. But if you're a unicorn in the world, you know, my wife used to say that. You're like a purple unicorn. Like we know they exist, just we've never seen one before, right? But when you're in a room with purple unicorns, like you're not like, oh, you're purple. I'm purple. Why are you purple? You're like, all right. We're a room full of one percenters. So when you have that, you it's not like you have to search or convince they're drawn to you and when they're in the world, they go, I feel comfortable here. I don't feel weird here. I don't feel judged. I I feel a sense of, I can sit in this place of curiosity and I could ask you things without you feeling weird. And also in a place where no one's trying to put anyone else on a pedestal, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the world has been conditioned to put people on pedestals. Like, oh, that rock star, that movie person, that guru. And every time you put someone on a pedestal, you're putting yourself below. You want to put yourself right alongside because every human has a 1% already inside of them. And they know how to do something that that rock star does not know how to do as good. And I believe that's what's going to create this catalystic uh, movement for what you're doing is you're inviting the unicorns in.
2: Definitely Um, inviting the unicorn. I (laughs) I think that's the phrase for today, the unicorn.
3: There was so much gold in that. I know. Like it was just like Mm. value bomb, value bomb, value bomb.
2: That's what he always does. I know he does, but I just that was I just let just let me give (laughs) Mike some love. That was really, really good. (laughs) Yeah, but how like what, what was some of the value bombs? Like I think that sometimes we go, Oh so many there, but what was it? And then how will you play that out? And so I are? guess, and there was a lot, so
3: I'm just, I'll just yeah. pick one. Yeah. And that's that when we are doing what we're meant to do in, in a bigger way that we will attract people to us, it's not about pushing out. Mm-hmm. So when I think, mm-hmm. probably about 10 years ago, I remember one of my mentors, Paul Cech, we were we were in a room and we all had to share what our, you know, what our intention was for this particular workshop that we were doing. And I was... I remember feeling very out of place in that room, like everyone else was better than me, you know, putting people on the pedestals like you were talking about, and everyone was going around and saying, well, it's because I want to be a leader and it's because I want to be that. And I remember shrinking down and going, oh, please don't ask me, please don't ask me. And, of course, it came around to me and I went, look, you know, for me it's just about I just want people to love themselves because when they understand that they love themselves, everything else will fall into yeah. place. And he went, bam! That's it. You're the only one in the room that gets it because mm-hmm. you just have to be the flower and the bees will come. And it was, <laughs> oh, like, like that. It was such a wow. like that was such a huge moment. And this had that same flavor that we will attract the people. And it's not Good. about being forceful and about being pushing, but we still need to be doing what we need to do. We're not. It's, we're, we're, we're we still have to be in action.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm. I love that, Jen. Any thoughts from that? Mm. I'm I'm being a sponge right now. I know. I'm (laughs) being a sponge
4: and just just soaking it in, soaking it in.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just find things like that so powerful. So we're just getting rid of a a douchebag on the (laughs) on the comments.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Blocking them. Curious. We should be curious about that. (laughs) Douchebag. Um, awesome. oh, no. <laughs> well, guess what? I can't get rid of him anyway, so get, feel free to get
3: curious. <laughs>
0: you can talk to me. Yeah, him yeah you, you can
4: monitor
0: us. <laughs> like, what makes um, you know, it's it, what makes somebody like that? Is it the reflection? Uh, back on themselves, that bothers them, right? Because the your world that you choose to live in is nothing more than a reflection of your inside being produced on the outside. So like, it's funny when you have people like this that enter the world and they don't like a conversation or they have all these beliefs of, you know, how we should live and what you should eat. And you say it's blue, they say it's green. And, you know, in the end, you just like, there's a sense of, Diffusion. Like I love when you get people like this, you just go, yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> like, I don't like what you're saying. You're all blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, you win. <laughs> like, cool. Hang out with us. Like you're yeah. not like, it takes so much more when you have something so big, so powerful, so moving, that's going to shift the way people think that's going to go on for thousands of years. Like when people like this come in they just have to realize, and eventually they will, they're nothing more than just a tiny little pimple in the thought of nothingness for them. Mm -hmm. So like a movement that's so big, it just like, you don't have to like it, but eventually you're going to be on for the ride because there's only one direction to it and it's massive change. Mm
4: -hmm. It's like,
0: hang out with us for the night or don't hang out or send me the little finger emoji or whatever because it's going to take so much more than that to like do anything but you know Uh,
2: like busting to ask you this question. Yeah. I like if we are having this conversation in ten years time, what kind of conversation would we be having?
0: Well when we have this conversation in ten years time, oh I love you. Yes. We we will still be friends ten years from now and still be around. So I know the conversation will be is look at where we were, look at where we are, look where we're going now. Mm -hmm. And we'll have that sense of uh, accomplishment and pride of knowing that in this one day, this one moment on this special day in your life, that it was a spark. And it all started with one spark. And that one spark, you know, when we look back, we'll have seen not just the one, but we'll, we'll be able to connect all the dots to so many other movements that are created for good from it. Cause it's, yeah. it's never about the one movement. It's about the one movement creates catalytic movements all over the place for good, for support, for help, for guidance to remove, right? What do we all want to do? All you want to do is remove suffering, right? In one way, shape or form and ignite people to stay as much in a state of love that they can get by removing resistance and suffering.
2: Mm. Mm. All right. Well, that was my last question. What, <laughs> you got any questions? <laughs> no, I'm good. Yeah.
4: Well, I'm very curious about, you know, you were talking about your first step was to plan.
2: <laughs> we're back
0: so
4: what was your first plan?
0: My first plan was actually when I was 15, my first plan was just to, because I was on my own when I was 15. My first plan was to survive but it wasn't just to survive and i think this will put a nice ribbon around this conversation here the very first commitment of movement that i made when i was laying in bed one night i was st- i had a little bedroom in a basement there wasn't even a ceiling in it it was just like rafters with wires and pipes and i remember hearing a voice i don't know what the voice was call it god universe whatever you want to call it a flower who who cares but I heard it from something that was really important. It said, "Prove the world wrong." And at first, I just was like, you know, get the creepy crawlers at night, wondering if you're just hearing your own thoughts or like, you know, you get that shocking moment. But then I heard it the second time. Prove the world wrong. And that was the very first committed action step that I took. And it's still the steps that I take today is to prove the world wrong, that there is another way to think, there is another way to live, there is a way to make bigger decisions. And I believe that's what you're doing tonight is, with the 1%, you're proving a part of the world wrong of what people think it should be versus what it could be. Yeah,
2: yeah, thank you for sharing. I love that. Michelle, do you have any questions? I really liked what Mike said about um She's on the side here just I, I'm just
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh you're
2: actually yeah,
4: exactly <laughs> um,
3: I really like what I heard when I came in not long ago about uh people don't follow boring people. Mm. Like that was way back, like I don't know, twenty yeah. minutes ago. But I thought that was really good and it stuck with me and that's what I'm taking away. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Takeaway. Take I'm take sorry, I'm, I'm not going to be boring. No, that's. And you're thing. definitely not boring, and neither are you two. So, and yeah, you d- you are not boring either, Mike. So thank you. So funny because I
2: must have missed that bit. unicorn. I just didn't
3: even well, hear the bit. word boring. Like, that's Australianism. Ah. <laughs> I, mean, I was like, can I was trying to you figure worry out worry where it, it was. The opposite like equals purple unicorns.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I remember the unicorn one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was just pulling that. So, what are you taking from This conversation.
3: Yeah, well, I think it's that, it's that similar piece that, that when the unicorns come together, they, they feel like they're alone, mm. but when they come together, they're like, oh, there's actually more of us. Mm. You look like
4: me. Yeah. Yeah. I look like you. Yeah.
3: And I don't feel so weird
2: anymore because we're all weird together. But do we have to look the same to connect? I think no. that I take it as that's a metaphor. I know that, but I think that's, but the reason I say that is because I think sometimes we, we then go into unicorn world into the vacuum and we start becoming part of the the vacuum of what is actually not a healthy thing for Mm -hmm. human race right now. And I, I hope and and pray that this community is the unicorns that come in, but Mm -hmm. stay the, what you are meant to be and true to who you're meant to be because I don't want to, I don't want people to conform into. But I look at at everyone here that's doing
3: amazing things and the way that I see it is we all come together, get our strength, and then go back. We don't stay in the vacuum. Yeah. Then we go back. But we still need to come together to get that next level of strength of like, yeah, we've got this, we're crazy, we're doing it, and then we still go out. I don't think that anyone in this community is sitting in a vacuum. Did you read
2: that? No. We need a unicorn ranch. <laughs> 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 Good one, Leon. In <laughs> <laughs> Bring on the unicorn ranch. Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting what you're saying there. But I also think that I wouldn't want people necessarily to go out. I just want them to keep springboarding from Mm -hmm. because I think that if there's anything that I've learned on my journey in life is I was always the unicorn and I found it hard to be understood or even to understand my own brain, let alone be able to communicate to other people that weren't unicorns. And I have loved in my latter part of my life the fact that I can stay being a unicorn, yet I've got people supporting and part of my world. And I hope that this community, this tribe of humans, of unicorns, whatever, you know, are able to keep springboarding from and get help, get support, collaborate with others within it, but that you can stay true to who you are and what Sorry. you're meant to be doing. Yeah. What um, are you taking from so us? I'm a sponge. I'm I know like, you are. But we need like to a be a sponge out. that no, then you, takes Yeah, rain, I know. I'm,
4: I'm slower <laughs> than you are. No, you're not <laughs> slower. We go a little slower. You know, it's delicious. It's just, it's exactly what you're saying, that we come together, we draw strength from each other, but... You know, the world needs for Kiri Marie to be Kiri Marie. Mm. You know, needs for Jan to be Jan. Mm. I, you know, it's, it's that yes, we can admire each other and draw strength from each other, but at the end of the day, I can only be me. Mike, mm. and that's good. That's more than enough. <laughs> well, the, world, <laughs> me, <laughs> the world does
2: not need any more Kiri Marie. <laughs> or my case. for well, that matter, right Mike? Hey, Mike, I want to show you, but as we finish up, I want to show you something. Look at uh, the book that yeah. has come out. And this is, so it won't have this when it comes out as a real one, but this is just to get it out enough to be able to show here. Yeah. But I want to show you because this literally was, you know, the conversations we've had, this is what has come out of, You know, those curiosity, the questions I always ask, those moments we spend together sitting. And I just want to thank you always for, you know, being a part of my world, a part of our world. And, you know, I don't take our relationship, our partnership in life, you know, for granted at all. And I just really thank you for always stepping it up in your world. Because you step it up, that creates space that makes it safe for people like me to keep stepping it up as well. And I am always grateful for the fact that you are a unicorn and you are willing to step in that and stay true to that. And it's always a privilege, seriously, to be on that journey with you as well. So thank Thank you for being here.
0: Yeah, this has been exciting and special to spend this time on your birthday. I can't wait to watch the growth of the movement. And I hope everybody else that's watching, this is one small part of igniting everybody in the movement for you. So honored to hang out with all of you this evening or day or whatever it is for you guys there.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. All
0: right.
2: Ciao.
1: Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.